0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Fellas, how do you feel about your body? Do you feel pressured to look a certain way or hit up the gym to find a match? Do you feel too skinny? Do you feel too chunky? Do you feel too hairy? Do you wish you were more buff, more slim? Because when we talk about body image, the chat is often dominated by what's happening with gals. And look... That's kind of fair. There's a lot of pressure around the way women have to look in order to be attractive. But men are struggling with this pressure too, especially in the modern social media era. We asked you about it on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup, where we talk to you a lot about your sex and relationship lives. Go give us a follow if you want to be part of that convo. But 72% of you said social media made you feel like you had to look a certain way in the bedroom. And 64% of guys said they felt like they needed to be hitting the gym to pick up. Here's what some of you told us about the pressures around male body image and sex.
0: I found in the gay community, there's a lot of pressure to have the sort of quote unquote perfect body, the the big arms, the six pack, all of that that you see across social media. So that's something that really weighs heavily on me.
2: I mean, for the most part, I do work out. I go to the gym, I, I do a lot of running. I keep fit, I keep in shape. That also helps. But I do think it is quite easy for people to develop a negative body image because I think as a society, we are quite critical. Towards everything surrounding sex and sensuality, I think we still slut shame and we still criticise people who have a hedonistic attitude towards their sexual endeavours and we should not be doing that. I
3: definitely think that there is increasing pressure for guys to look a certain way physically and increasingly I'm finding that that um, expectation affects how I perceive myself and how I'm perceived by other people.
1: I'm Nat Tenchich, and I think we need to talk about this. In this episode, you'll hear about the impact social media has had on male body image, how insecurities and eating disorders can impact your performance in the bedroom, and how to find self-love and esteem from elsewhere. But more than all of that, this is a space to start having the convo. So you'll hear the stories of three men with very different bodies and image issues, who are at different stages of reckoning with the skin they're in. First, I want you to meet Will Cook. He's young, he's queer, and after moving from his hometown to the intense gay scene of Sydney, developed anorexia. In fighting his eating disorder, he's become an ambassador for the Butterfly Foundation, a national ED support service, and has been sharing his story to destigmatise the struggle for dudes. He says there are particularly tough body pressures that come from the gay male world.
0: I'm originally from Adelaide and moved to Sydney about six years ago and moving to Sydney of course like moving into my own um, queer identity kind of shifted and changed in terms of how I felt about my body and over the course of about three years I developed a eating disorder um, manifesting in anorexia and orthorexia at the same time Mm. Um, and very much struggled to kind of gauge the interplay of how I felt about my body while still maintaining a healthy relationship with it. The package before um heard it that a member of the gay community found it particularly hard to kind of relate to the perfect body image that was kind of expected of queer men, I suppose, in Australia. And I think like for me that's definitely something that I've struggled with, like wanting to have like, you know, the, the shredded six pack and like be down on like Bondi drinking like a green smoothie and then like going to ARC or wherever and like dropping fingers all night. But I think like the kind of relationship with my body has very much morphed from that kind of perspective where i thought i had to very much like fill a mold fill a type which at the the time was so inherently sad because it was depriving myself of the the love and respect that i now have for my body um and putting it through its paces in terms of over exercising and desire to kind of like be a certain body that that it wasn't and i think in terms of my dating life it very much rendered it null and void. I just became so obsessed with how I looked. And uh, one of the unfortunate offshoots of anorexia is an inability to um, come. So <laughs> I, have a, I was unable to um, ejaculate for about two or three years. Um, and then it just sort of fed this whole insecurity about my body not being enough, my masculinity being not what I thought the community was wanting it to be. By virtue of the eating disorder and I'm pretty open and honest about it, I'm still a virgin at the age of 23 and I'm in no way, have no shame about it. But I think that's been a real process of kind of unlearning and debunking the own myths I had um, inherently about what a man in his 20s who lives in Sydney and is in the gay community should kind of be doing. So yeah, it's been a really hard process to learn how to manage a dating life while having an eating disorder.
1: Now, for Rudy Lee Taura, a gay comedian, the scene has treated him very differently. Rudy doesn't look like your typical gay dude that Will described. He's skinny, tall, half mori bald, bearded, and almost entirely covered in tattoos. He says his throat, neck, and head tattoos, some of which are closely linked to his cultural background, have made him feel like an outsider among other gay men.
2: Growing up, I was... Uh, raised incredibly toxically masculine I'd say so where I fit within the queer community is yet to be established yeah it's my image as well is rather one of those ones that yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't pick me as a as a gay man as I've been told uh, a number of times I'm very straight passing having your head ears and throat tattooed really kind of makes it difficult for me to to get a be a part of the queer community here in Adelaide anyway we've only got one gay bar here in the state. Uh, I've tried to get in there 3 times but apparently my uh, my head and neck tattoos breached their security policy. So I, I've been denied entry uh, multiple times which is kind of funny cuz you know you can go there in a in a full drag outfit with a wig on and a, a complete different face and and you can get in let in, let in no issues even though they've got no idea who you actually are as a person but yeah, I've had a a much different experience than than Will Cook. I feel like I'm sort of fetishized in one respect. Either they're scared of me, or they or they want me to be a, a specific type of person in in sort of like a, a kink setting, as opposed to me as a person. Uh, but I'm, that that goes through, throughout a lot of the queer community, the fetishizing and stuff like that. Uh, I had one one guy say to me, uh, we chatted chat for quite a while, and uh, we went to organise a catch up. And apparently, he said. I look like a great fuck, but he's too scared to actually meet me in person. So these are, <sighs> these are some of the, the issues I have.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to be buff and swollen, muscly, right? Like, that's what's, that's what's hot. <laughs> well, storyteller Luke Curry-Richardson has that body, but feels like he should have the opposite. As a former dancer with Bangara Dance Theatre, he says he's always felt pressured to have a svelte, small, athletic, perfect body. And despite leaving the industry, those insecurities still follow him into the bedroom.
4: I grew up playing rugby league. I grew up playing basketball. And then all of a sudden I found myself wearing tights, um, studying ballet and contemporary dance at university, then to go on to Bengara Dance Theatre. My first experience of this was while at university um, up in Brisbane at QUT and being a thicker brother, I guess, (laughs) Um, going into this institution where they expect you to be able to bend over and touch your toes and be thin and flexible. And I wasn't that idea of uh, a balletic body or a dance body. And it really kind of shook me because my body was always able to do things on the basketball court and the football field. But apparently I didn't look right here in, in uh, in the university dance setting. And then further on going into... My professional career, something sticks with me so vividly was that I was told that I had to be careful, because at that stage I was I was big, I was broad, I was bald, and I was beaded—a big bald beaded black man, dancing on stage—and that was coming from a, a person of power in in the ranks, and it really made me self doubt myself. You know, it didn't it wasn't about my my dancing ability anymore; it was about what I looked like on stage and how that was detracting from the show or or from my dance ability and that kind of really took its its toll you know I remember after that like I I started um take taking laxatives because I thought I had to be thinner I had to be small. like that was going to be something that was going to work and as for attracting women it's it's I've recently come out of a relationship at the end of last year and I haven't had to be I haven't been in the dating scene for so long so the last time I was going on dates, I had a full head of hair. I was a professional dancer. I was really thin and um muscular, I guess, and what I would consider still to this day, what I would an ideal body, whatever that means to anyone. And now I'm older, I'm 33, I'm bald, I've got gray hairs in my beard, and I'm um definitely 12, maybe 12 kilos heavier than I was at at that stage going into the relationship. And it plays its mind games on you. Hey, like when I'm going on my first date and my first um, partner and I just thought this is the first person that's going to see me naked in a very long time uh, apart from my ex. And, yeah, I got really self-conscious in myself. And I think the same, same with Will. Like I couldn't, you know, couldn't get it up. I, I was embarrassed and it was, yeah bit daunting.
1: So why is it so hard for guys to talk about their bodies and feeling attractive? Let's get into it with Luke, Rudy and Will, as well as Dr. Scott Griffiths from the School of Psychology at the University of Melbourne. He researches body image eating disorders, muscle dysmorphia and more in men. Scott, is this something like a a much larger proportion of guys are going through than we maybe talk about or realise?
5: Yeah, much larger. So the guys on this panel, the guys listening uh, are certainly not alone. It's a majority, not a minority of, of young men, that is men from 18 up to 29 that worry about the way they look. And often it impacts them quite severely for years or shorter periods of time if they manage to, to, to open up to someone and get some help. But usually it's suffering and silence for a long period of time.
1: Scott, why don't we feel like we can have these conversations?
5: I don't think men have been socialised for a very long time to to take these kinds of issues seriously or perhaps not to view them as something that others would take seriously and would have sympathy for. So men will often downplay the way they're feeling about their body. They'll pivot to some other thing going on with them or Simply deny it altogether.
1: How has social media impacted your yeah. feelings of of attractiveness and how you feel about your body? I feel this is going to be
0: the hill I die on. I've just done a massive purge of people over the weekend for many different reasons. <laughs> um, Good. Um, it's always such a weird game to play because social media. It is so vital and so important for connecting communities, and I think like. Some of the apps in particular are great at amplifying diverse forces, probably more so than others. But at the same time, I think like with influences themselves, it's just there is such a vacuum, particularly with bloke influences, where being like ripped in it, having a six pack rig is the peak. Um, and the idea of peak health, peak wellness, peak hotness is to be as jacked up as possible, I feel, through social media. Mm. And it's very much like operating in this like one linear fashion in terms of this is the desirable and I think that's not just something that's unique to the queer community I think that operates across every spectrum to be honest in terms of healthier and fitter and shredded and whatnot is the peak of what we should be aspiring to and I think like the process for me anyway of like evolving to learn to love my body has been what has made me feel more attracted attractive and attracted to other people at the same time it's kind of like looking for ways outside of people that are on socials to kind of feel my sense of attraction. But at the same time, I guess, like it is just such a rabbit hole. And I think like, even like, I f- like to feel like I'm pretty astute and knowledgeable about like when I'm falling into a bit of a spiral with social media um, that can be a bit poisonous. But at the same time, I think like both young and old, old, young and old people aren't really aware of like the tricks that influences and then companies use to kind of like catch you in and lure you in to, I guess, like at the end of the at end of the day, like making a purchase or following them on the platforms, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of like it is so hard to decipher what's. And I think Scott might be able to speak to this as well. What what is kind of like fact, and then what is not fact? And I think like with social, and I know there was an example of someone from The Bachelor, um, a bachelorette this week, posting about like toxic vegetables. And I think that's just like case in point of how unqualified people are just given this amplified voice and Mm. it can have real world implications like there are like one million Australians with an eating disorder and like so many go underreported and um, there is just such a broad spectrum and we consume this content without necessarily being hyper vigilant or hyper aware of the impact that it may have on us but I think like for me social media at my worst was a tool for fueling a voice inside my head that would constantly tell me that I wasn't good enough or Um, wasn't attractive enough and was dateless and worthless. But I think like, obviously you can curate the apps and the algorithms to work in your favor, but like at the end of the day, it's like, it's better off than on it in my opinion.
1: Yeah, totally, and and you know, like like you said, like you can curate the apps to to work in your favor, but the apps want to show you stuff that's going to keep you there. And if if big muscle guys is what's generally doing that for most people, then it's probably still going to try and serve you that somehow. Um, Luke, I'm interested to hear what you think about this and the social, the impact of social media on you, because you know, like. As kind of the opposite, or in the opposite place, as someone who is a bit more muscular and, and built and bigger, like seeing more bodies, I guess, like look like yourself. Like, uh, what's your kind of relationship with this and and that and your attractiveness?
4: For me, uh, personally, I, I actually yearn for a thinner body, and that's it's crazy as well. Like going through my social media, I, I noticed that it's either. The fashion pages that are really androgynous men that I love the style of and I love the look of and the, the aesthetic and then on the other side it's these like buffed out gym profiles that I followed for fitness tips and guys the guys that have like eight packs upon eight packs and tells you to do six sit-ups to look like him and I remember when I first started following that stuff and it became a almost a, like a drug I'd go to the gym and I would Follow one of the social media pages and I would do this guy's workout. And then I would see if he uploaded a meal plan and I would eat what he was eating and I would not see the results that he was getting, obviously, not realizing that my body might not respond to that type of workout like his does. And it took me a while, it probably took me two years to stop following those pages quite religiously and just to go, whoa, like this is actually, I'm comparing, I'm continuously and constantly comparing myself to these men (laughs) on instagram when in fact i'm actually okay with who i am to an extent it does it 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 plays a huge role
1: and it really speaks to a fact that everyone kind of will compare themselves to everyone and want something that yeah like can want what they don't have or um just can feel like they're without no matter who they are or what their body kind of looks like um rudy i'm interested because your body is kind of in between the bodies that we've been speaking about from will and luke like do you often see yourself reflected on on social media and how do you sort of feel about the the these platforms and the types of bodies that are deemed hot um and desirable
2: growing up because i'm a very slim thin tall lanky guy i've always been a tall lanky guy uh, except now i've got a bit older so i've got a bit of a uh, a bit of a dad bod going in the middle there growing up yeah i did i did see the 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 allure it's not so much the images but it's just it's it's the lifestyle the marketing behind it sort of sells to a, to a young kid you know when you're a young boy and 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 you know these herculean type bodies are sitting there the the, the man with it all the man that's in charge the alpha dog you know you kind of want that you feel that that, that body will will give you the power but i think my opinion on is i, I I noticed a big double standard. Not so much to the images too, but the the comments that a, a lot of these uh, keyboard warriors leave on these. Some of these people that have put in a lot of hard work, or some of these guys that might, you know, substitute their supplements with some with some, uh, you know, steroids or something. I think society uh, finds it much easier to sort of make fun and publicly sort of give these people shit about that. The way I look, I, I feel it's funny because I think a lot of these people that are real jacked up—it's probably something Scott can speak on—or these guys that do get stuck into the steroids. I think they're they're probably feeling a similar way to to um, you know young people that want to be slim or women or young gay guys that want to be super slim and and that do turn to sort of bulimia and things like that to to try and get that body type but I don't think we have the same sort of compassion for men that put their bodies at danger by injecting all these substances in you know to to try and reach this you know unreachable goal because it's, it's never enough I, I was super self-conscious about my body in my early teens you know I would never wear short sleeve t-shirts because my arms were so thin uh, I was always worried that I'd be sort of looked down upon or, or be considered less of a man because of, you know, how skinny I was. I've kinda of find myself now thirty years old. I get out of the shower every morning, I look in the mirror, I've come to a pretty good place. I, I look I get I'm still this slim dude on my arms and my legs and I got this lovely little podgy gut sitting there. But in all honesty, I look at myself in the mirror and think, Fuck, I'm banging. I'm, yes. I am fucking looking good. That's the, that's the, uh, but it, it's taken it's taken a you know a long time of of getting there and I feel I've kind of gotten to that place more from when you walk down the street and all these people cross the street or give you the side eye or you know lock their car doors as you walk past because they feel like you, you're some sort of violent criminal because that's how the media portrayed heavily tattered people for so long you get to a point where you just sort of don't care what people think looking at, at you and there are some double standards when it comes to men going to the extremes and women going to the extremes or other people you know if you the people going to the extremes with the muscles and the people going to the extremes to be slim, I think there's a double standard there, which is unfortunate. And I also think, like you, you said before about, uh, you know, men don't talk about these things. In, in my opinion, we've we've spent so long, so long for, you know, a thousand years or longer in the Western culture of sort of men being told to just deal with it and be these big, tough protector types. And, and that's only really changed f- – Within my lifetime, you know, because I know when I was younger, those those were still the sort of values in, sort of pushed into 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 young men's minds. Um, I think we kind of need to figure out, get some resources out there to equip men with the tools to one acknowledge their issues and, um, you know, hopefully eventually deal with them. But yeah, that's that's my two cents on the issue.
1: Oh, very valuable that- two cents, Rudy. Really, thank you so much. Um, I was punching the air just like hearing you kind of getting to that point of self-acceptance. Ben from Adelaide on the text line says, I'd argue that we're actually heading in a healthier direction with body image since its peak during that stereosonic steroid phase uh, last decade. But he wants to know what you think about this, uh, Scott. I, I would be curious because um, as we've heard from the panel tonight, everyone's still uh, really struggling with a particular type of body image or body that they they desire. So are we really out of the woods yet?
5: Uh, not quite yet. I remember that decade as well, the decade of ziz and aesthetics and stringlet. Mm. Very <laughs> and in the time since in this country, the rate of anabolic steroid use nationally has gone up between 500 and 700%. And when you have statistics like that, The implication is that the problem is perhaps not going away so much as it's going a little more covert. And I think what we're seeing now with panels like this is a less flashy tip of the spear kind of illumination of the worries that guys have with their appearance into the more aggregate, often low-level dissatisfaction that lots of guys just have. whether it's to do with holding or having too much body fat or feeling like your arms aren't muscular enough, all of
1: that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Scott, I want to um, put this text to you too. Um, This person hasn't left their name, um, but they say, I'm a single straight South Asian man. My frame has always been lean and it has had a huge impact on my self-esteem. Sure, social media has had an impact on what I consider to be attractive, but for me, it's the expectations I felt from my female friends and relationships that have done the most damage. It's not at all easy to put on weight and muscle. Men need to stop being told that going to the gym is the answer. I don't and expect my love interests to be going to the gym and yet that's all I feel from any potential female partner. Scott, do you think that that is like where the pressure to ma- meet a certain body type is coming from? The expectations of uh, women and what women are attracted to or are guys feeding this with each other? You know, like wh- what is actually going on here and where does this pressure really stem from?
5: Well, that's a, a really reasonable query and text from-, from that guy. Like it is the case that over the last few decades, we've hit more gender parity with respect to how important physical attractiveness is for, for the people we're trying to attract. But when you pit this as a, a men versus women thing, you lose sight of the bigger picture, which is that everyone to at least some degree, and I really do mean everyone, uh, is invested in their appearance to at least you know, a little bit. And we live in a world where there are companies and 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 industries that cater to those anxieties. And social media has turned into an an algorithmically driven, infinitely accessible way for not only those companies to tap into those anxieties, but for us to compare ourselves to our peers and people we want to follow on social media as well. And I think that sense that everyone needs you to look a certain way for them to be attracted to you I think that is largely something that has been curated and cultivated in your own head. Like if you, if you catch yourself thinking like that, I think you've turned into a body image cop, you know. But for yourself, that, that voice in your head, uh, which I'm liking to this body image cop, it, it's being fed by social media. It's being fed by these unfair comparisons. And it tells you that, hey, if I, if I ever want to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or be loved or be sexually desirable, I have to look a certain way. And when you think about it, you would never put those expectations on someone else. And if you're part of the community, what makes you social sure that everyone else out there in the community has those expectations of you? Uh, because they don't. They just really don't.
1: Anything too, if you if you think about real examples of people who um, are in relationships or have partners or people that they love, they don't always look exactly the same and have this specific body that we expect. So, um, I guess maybe keeping some connection to the real world, um, the real world that exists is is helpful um, to to get off, uh, get out of these spaces a little bit. What sorts of things can guys do to improve their self-image or, um, you know, work past some of these problems um, and issues, Scott?
5: Well, to pull it right back, where you want to start is making sure that the way you look and your appearance more generally, it's not the only place you're getting your self-esteem from and not even one of a few. Ideally, the way you look might be something you're proud of, but it should be one of many sort of buckets that you're pulling your self-esteem from. So that, that's the point right back there. And then I think once you look at your investment and in your, your appearance, it's important to distinguish what's yours and what you've taken from elsewhere. And that's where media and social media come in because we get presented this ideal. And I think we can come to the erroneous conclusion that the ideal is what everyone else is looking for. And that's just not true. There's a great diversity of of physical characteristics that people are attracted to, whether men, women. And I think it can take a while to internalize that. But it's true. And the sooner you step away from trying to manifest yourself in the image of this ideal and start living your life on your own terms and... Being proud of the unique characteristics that make you you, the better you'll be with respect to your relationship with your parents.
1: John in Ringwood, what's your experience been? Oh hey, Nat. Um Yeah, basically I've got,
3: summed up a couple of things I was pretty much going to touch on, but I've got a pretty simple sort of perspective to this. And look, I understand that you know, like a lot of contexts are uh, uh, much more uh, complicated than the average person, but um. I suppose just as a reminder, like kind of to reaffirm the point that body image really is not the be-all and end-all. And and in terms of uniqueness and your own individuality, I've personally found something that I've overcome in, in finding my own individuality is that when you do really feel yourself, your physical appearance almost by nature just takes on the appearance of who you are and that becomes more attractive than anything else. And I think like scott said like uh the um the ideal or like what everyone aims for is is um provided to us from from like from all these different sort of uh avenues of social media and all that crap that you know we get this wrong idea of who we are and in that a lot of blokes out there i think lose their individuality because they're just trying to be something that they aren't really and if you're talking about like one night stands like if you go home with someone like it's it's already in the bag for the both of you. You know, if you're talking about dating, like you're only going to find someone who's right for you. If you're truly yourself to begin with. So I think it's more so a mentality about like, we can't genetically change the way we look. We can make ourselves fitter or we can, you know, better ourselves in a lot of different ways, um, aesthetically. But at the end of the day, we can't change a lot. And I think in that it's more important to just be yourself. And, And a lot of the sort of like little kinks and quirks that, you know, you have in a partner where it might be a mole on their forehead or the way that their tooth is crooked when they smile or something. But like you end up loving that shit about them. And that could be something that you're self-conscious about. But if you're yourself, it kind of shines through all that.
1: John, I love that you've come to that place. I felt really um gee'd up and inspired just listening to you there. That was just so beautiful. Um hope everyone can take a little bit of a, a grain of John's positivity. Thank you so much for contributing that. Brendan from Sydney has a question um, for you, Scott, and says uh, that you you know before when we were talking about how to get past this, how to um you know make body image uh, a less prominent sort of part of our uh, lives or something we fixate on less, um, you said, uh, to have other places we get our self-esteem from. Do you have any examples of where to start with this and some advice for people, um, looking within to find that self-esteem?
5: So let's say that you're someone who you've been in the gym and you've been lifting primarily in order to look better, you know, amateur bodybuilder. And that is 90% of the dudes in the gym when, when we get them to be honest if you can move and shift your goals, right, from something that is very clearly appearance-oriented to something that's more functional, right, where the goal is maybe uh, to do with the amount of weight being lifted or it's a certain exercise pattern that you can now do, it's something relates to uh, your ability to move your body and you can start to derive some real joy and pleasure from that as opposed to something that's appearance-contingent then you're making a small step in shifting your self-esteem to something that is a little more formidable and within your locus of control, and it will be more longer-lasting for you.
1: Thanks for listening. If this has brought up some difficult stuff for you, you can speak to someone at the Butterfly Foundation or Lifeline. We've put the numbers and links to those in our show notes. I also hope it's empowered you to talk about this with your mates and partners and love the unique skin that you're in. If you know a guy struggling with this, send them this podcast or leave a review on your preferred app so people can find us. And if you have a question for us, a relationship dilemma or sex question you'd like us to investigate, get in touch. DM us on Instagram at triplejthehookup or email thehookup at abc.net.au. I'll catch you next week.